Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Have you ever wondered... Have you ever wondered if there's more? Have you ever wondered if it's all that there is in life? Have you ever said words like, it's just my lot in life? Or that's just the way I am? You know, today on Like It Matters Radio, I want you to go deep. I want you to ask yourself, are you getting the, the best Are you getting the best that God has to offer you? Are you getting the best? Are you getting the the primary? You know, I've learned over life that uh, God has two wills for us. He has a preferred will, right? The Bible says that God's will is that none shall perish. But we also know that some do perish. But God's preferred will is that none shall perish, but he allows us free will. He allows us the the opportunity to choose. And you know, one thing I've learned getting to know my daddy is that when God gives us choices, he only gives us two. You know why? Because our creator, our creator knows how easily we're confused. So today, I want to remove some of that confusion. Today, I want to tell you that you don't have to settle. Today, I want you to know that just because up until now, you might have chosen the permissive will, maybe from this point on, you can start choosing the preferred will. Today, uh, I want to look back. You know, part of a leader is their ability to look back. And so I want to look back this last week when I was in Mexico, man, I learned so much. But one thing I think I learned more than anything else is the power of what I do uh, in that classroom. See, what I do in the classroom is I allow people to really see more of themselves than they ever saw before. What I do in my training at likeitmatters.net I like to call situational leadership because we create a situation experience and this is a great way to find out about ourselves. We identify patterns and we learn how to adapt and be fluid in the now moment while moving toward an outcome. And I want you to know how important this is, understanding how things work, why things work, and knowing the outcome we are working toward as we work This is huge. This gives us power. This gives us control. This gives us freedom. And so today, I want to question you. Are you willing? You know, it was Nietzsche who said that he who has a why can bear almost any how. And I've told you many times that everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And so who you think you are, what you think you are, why you're where you are, those thoughts about those things 
dictates so much. It dictates what you're going to do and not do. And I almost said, do-do, right? And am I allowed to say do-do on the radio, Spencer? <laughs> you know, it was like the eagle who thought he was chicken. You know, there's a fable that's told about an eagle who thought he was a chicken. When the eagle was very small, he, he fell from the safety of his nest. A chicken farmer found the eagle, brought him to the farm, and raised him in a chicken coop among his many chickens. The eagle grew up doing what chickens do. He thought like a chicken. He lived like a chicken. Why? Because he believed he was a chicken. Everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And the existential question of who am I is so important because when we believe we know who we are, then what to do follows. And so one day a, a naturalist came to the chicken farm to see if what he had heard about an eagle acting like a chicken was really true. See, he knew that an eagle is king of the sky. And so he was surprised to see the eagle strutting around the chicken coop, pecking at the ground and, and acting very much like a chicken. The farmer explained to the naturalist that this bird was no longer an eagle. He was now a chicken because he had been trained to be a chicken. He believed he was a chicken. Don't you get it, ladies and gentlemen? That was his lot in life. God must have wanted him to be a chicken. I mean, why else would that egg be lost and found by a chicken farmer and then uh, be hatched in a chicken farm and grow up like a chicken? I mean, if God didn't want that to happen, right? I mean, how many people you say that to yourself? That's silly. God's got a permissive will and he's got a preferred will. So the naturalist knew there was more to this great bird than this bird believed. The naturalist knew there was more to this great bird than his actions showed as he pretended, as he identified as a chicken. You see, he was born an eagle. He had the heart of an eagle. And nothing would change that, whether he accessed it or not. The man lifted the eagle onto the fence surrounding the chicken coop and said, Eagle, thou art an eagle. Stretch forth thy wings and fly. The eagle moved slightly, only to look at the man. Then he glanced down at his home among the chickens in the chicken coop, where he was comfortable. He jumped off the fence and continued doing what chickens do. The farmer was satisfied. I told you it was a chicken. I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people comfortably going to hell. There's a lot of marriages comfortably going to divorce. There's a lot of individuals comfortably moving into deeper depression. At the end of the day, the, the naturalist was disappointed. So we went home, but never giving up, the naturalist returned the next day. And, and again, he wanted to convince the farmer and the eagle. See, I just didn't have to produce, convince the eagle, but the farmer that the eagle was born for something greater. He took the eagle to the top of the farmhouse and spoke to him again. He said again, Eagle, thou art an eagle. Thou dost belong to the sky and not the earth. Stretch forth thy wings and fly. The large bird looked at the man, then again down in the chicken coop. He jumped from the man's arm onto the roof of the farmhouse.
Knowing what eagles are really about, the naturalist asked the farmer to let him take another shot at it. Just one more time, he would return the next day and prove that this bird was an eagle. The farmer, convinced otherwise, said, it is still a chicken, but do what you're going to do. The naturalist returned the next morning to the chicken farm and took the eagle and the farmer some distance away to the foot of a high mountain. They could not see the farm nor the chicken coop from this new setting. The man held the eagle on his arm and pointed high in the sky where the bright sun was beckoning above. He spoke again, Eagle, thou art an eagle. Thou dost belong in the sky and not the earth. Stretch forth thy wings and fly. This time the eagle stared, the eagle stared skyward in the bright sun, straightened his large body and stretched his massive wings. His wings moved slowly at first, then surely and powerfully with the mighty stretch of an eagle. He flew. This is what I do, ladies and gentlemen. This is what I do. I bring people into my training who carry a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of doubt, a lot of fear. And I put them through a two-and-a-half-day process that allows them to get their wings, that allows them to identify who they are. And when you know who you are, then what to do is a lot easier. And what I want to do today on Like It Matters Radio is I want to break down. And what I do in class to help people get to this place to realize they're an eagle is what we should all be doing in everyday life. I've created a pattern in the healthy environment. But again... If you don't know that you're called to fly, if you don't know that it's all about the pattern, it's all about the environment, stupid, then you're going to keep walking around like a chicken, and you're better than this. So stay tuned. After the break, I'm going to tell you exactly how to fly. My show is about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body, and we don't know how it works. We were born into it. But, man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the radio show, Like It Matters. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Today... I want you to question yourself. Not just who are you, not just why are you here, not just why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night and get up the next day and do it again and again and again. But really, the question today is, are you willing to? And then you're saying, but black, am I willing to do what? You're correct, would be my next response. Are you willing to do what? 
whatever it takes. You know, years ago, I love me some good classic rock. I only listen to Christian music today, but uh, I love Queen's, probably my favorite band of all time. Freddie Mercury was a freak, but he was a good performer as well, you know. I'm a firm believer that, you know what, our sin, you don't need to get in the middle of my sin. God's got to handle. Last time I checked, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever shall believe in him shall not die but have everlasting life. So uh, God died for my sins, so you don't have to beat me over the head for him. Got it. So I don't believe we stand in the middle of uh, someone's sin and God. That's God's job. He's got that handle. Let God be God. Now, uh, just a little side note, I do believe that when you attempt to make what God says is wrong, right, uh, I have a problem with that. So... Uh, but you know what? Uh, whatever you do in your bedrooms between you and God and that person, uh, whatever you do in the quietest when other people aren't watching, God's always watching. So I don't get wrapped up in people's sin. Uh, but again, I do want to make the separation note there that when you attempt to not only say what God says is wrong, right, but you want to promote it and you want to push it on my little kids, to program my little kids, to, to sway them. What does the Bible said about someone who causes a little child to fall away from the faith? It would be better if they were never born. God said you should put a millstone around your neck and jump into the big, deepest water. That is what the God of the universe says. I don't care what the President Biden says. And so we got to decide today, and that's the question I want to ask you. Are you settling? Are you settling? You know, I'm not a big fan of uh, Rumi, but, uh, you know, I like a good word put together well. And so this is a poem by Rumi. You were born with potential. You were born with goodness and trust. You were born with ideals and dreams. You were born with greatness. You were born with wings. You are not meant for crawling, so don't. You have wings, learn to use them to fly. And you know what we do? There's, there's, I talk about a lot the drama triangle. The drama triangle, you should Google it, look it up. It's uh, written by a man by the name of Stephen Cartman, Dr. Cartman with a K, K-A-R-P-M-A-N. There's three points on the drama triangle. It is exactly what's going on in America. It's why America is no longer America. It's why, uh, you know, why we, those of us that believe in the Bible are hoping for the return of Christ. Uh, actually, before the return, looking for a little rapturo, a little rapture. Uh, because uh, we know what's going on. We, we understand the struggle that's going on. And so what's happening is the drama triangles, the three points, there's the victim, there's the rescuer, and there's the persecutor. Now of the three, the one, the rescuer sounds good, but rescuer is doing for somebody else what they can do for themselves. It's the concept, let's say you're a, let's say you're watching, I love nature, I love birds, I love animals, I don't like to kill anything, I own guns, I think we have the right to own guns, you should have a gun, but you should know how to use a gun. But I'm gonna be honest with you, I own guns, but I won't shoot anything. I'll shoot a can, I'll shoot a cup, but I won't shoot a bird, I won't shoot a lizard, I won't shoot a squirrel, I just don't like to kill things. Uh, and it's just not my cup of tea. Uh, and you got to decide, see, it's who you are. It's knowing who you are. It's knowing what you do. Uh, it's knowing why you're here. And this is the key with life. These are those existential questions. Why am I here? Who, is, who am I? What is my purpose? Why do I get up each day, do what I do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again and again and again and again? See, this is the key. And what's happening is people aren't learning how to pick themselves up, dust themselves off, hit it again. 
So let's say, as I was saying before, that you're looking at some uh, some bird eggs in a nest. And you've been watching these bird eggs for a while, and most of the eggs hatch, but there's one egg that won't hatch. The other little birds have hatched, and they're actually you know, moving around. And so you see one egg that looks like, boy, this, this chick is in distress. It can't get out of the egg. So wanting to help, remember, you know, you had good intentions. You know, there's a place called hell that's paid with good intentions, the road to it. Uh, and so you had good intentions. You know if you touch that egg, the mother will never touch it again. And so you put on some gloves so it blocks your scent or your touch, the oils of your hand from touching that, that creature. And you also use tweezers to put some distance between your hands, even though they're gloved, uh, and anything to do with that, that creature. And so you do that with patience and slowly, and you slowly pull off the shell of that egg to free that little chick from that egg so it can live. Do you know what you actually did? Even though your intent was to help that chick and make it live, you know what you did? You just made that creature somebody's lunch, breakfast, or dinner, depending on what time of day it is. You see, because when we learn how to break out of our shell, when we get knocked on our butt and we have to pick ourselves, dust ourselves off and hit again, that process we learn, we grow. It's called failing forward. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not as successful as you want to be, it's because you have not failed enough. Did you hear what I said? It's about failing forward. Failure is one of our greatest teachers. Failure causes us to take a look back, to take an inventory, to check ourselves. But here's the problem. Think about this. If every time you stumble, if every time you fall, if every time there's a shortcoming, if every time things don't turn out the way you want, you play the victim and you feel sorry for yourself and you blame everybody else. You blame your skin color. You blame politics of the day. You blame this, you blame that. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> listener, I want you to hear something. Life is not fair. Put your big girl pants on, put your big boy pants on. Life is not fair. It was never promised to be fair. There is no justice on this side of eternity. We crucified Christ. Bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. And technically, there are no good people. Because based on what Jesus said, who is good? Only God is good. Again, grab a dictionary. It all depends on what you mean by good. Is it good enough for them to, for you to leave them alone with your two-year-old child? Do you trust that, that best friend of your good enough men to leave them alone in your house with your wife for a couple days? You see what I'm saying? We gotta decide what are our standards, and this is why I love what I do. What I do in my leadership training is experiential awareness training. It is situational leadership. The great thing about what I do in my training at likeitmatters.net is that in order to teach it, I must go through it. And see, this is why God gave me, I believe that my training is a, is a, is a chunk of life it is a nut. You know, nuts are nutrient dense. There's a lot of nutrients packed in that solid little thing. I am a nut 
And the sad part about if you don't almond joy, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. <laughs> and that's all you get with Mr. Black. Sometimes you feel like listening to Mr. Black because he's bringing some truth therapy. And other times you don't. Why? Because he's bringing some truth therapy. And it was Jesus who told us the truth will set you free. But it was Charles Garfield who added the addendum. But first, it'll make you miserable. And a lot of people are afraid to face the misery. But we got to remember that joy comes in the morning, that this too shall pass. See, it's all about your belief system. It's all about your belief system. And what I want to do for the rest of the show is I want to break it down for you. And I want to show you what I do in my environment, is I, in my training, is I create an environment. And I want you to hear this. The environment that I create in the class is not just for class. It's for life. It has foundational principles. See, what's different in America today, what's different in our homes today, what's different in corporate America today, what's different in the church today is our belief systems. It is our environment. It is the regular things that allow, it's culture, don't you get it? And when I talk about culture, it is not yogurt. I'm not talking about yogurt. That's not the culture I'm talking about. I'm talking about acceptable behaviors, repeated norms, patterns that are put in place that are encouraged, that are uh, built up, that are rewarded positively, and then patterns or things are, that are done that aren't positive, that aren't acceptable, are uh, discouraged. Behavior modification. See, one thing I learned a long time ago, ladies and gentlemen, we are living role models. This is why one of the things that Jesus says, I am, one of his eight I am statements, not seven, eight. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am your example. I am your role model. What he was saying was technically, watch me. What you see me doing, you should do. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners, this is our job. People are always watching, and we gotta decide. Are they using us as an example of what they'd love to be like, or are they using us as an example of what they never wanna be like? That's the key, because a picture's worth a thousand words. And because a picture's worth a thousand words, what you're doing speaks so loudly that people don't need to listen to the sermon you're preaching, brother or sister. And so after the break, I'm going to go into what makes our training so successful. I got a checklist here of some things that we do in class that allows people to fly, that allows people to realize you were never made to be a chicken. Get off the ground. You were made to fly. Oh, mighty eagle, fly, because that's your potential. Are you accepting permissive will, or do you want God's preferred will? After the break, I'm going to break it down for you. Stay tuned. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. 
Here's a real student testimonial from Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training. The way we met Scott was through an answered prayer. We had a, uh, a business associate who recommended a leadership training process. Initially, you know, I had been through uh, just a series of all kinds of leadership training and felt like I had been trained as much as I possibly could. You know, we went and went hesitantly. But the one thing, it would have to be consistent with my faith. And uh, it was your awakening class. And uh, that class was absolutely not only uh, the the answer to prayers, uh, business, but personally. It gave us the tools and it gave us the foundation to be able to really formalize and verbalize our values. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and today I'm having you question yourself. Are you settling? That's what I talk about good enough. G-O-O-D-N-U-F-F. Good enough. Good enough for government work. Good enough to get by. Good enough that he or she doesn't walk out the door and leave a note on the wall. Good enough for tenure. Good enough that I don't get fired. Good enough that he didn't doesn't ask me to leave. G-O-O-D-N-U-F-F. And good enough is the killer of great. You've got to get rid of good enough. See, we talked early in the first segment about the eagle who believed he was a chicken. This is what I do. I help people realize who God made them. I made them realize what they're capable of because we live in this small shadow of who we could be. You know, going back to the story about the eagle who believed he was a chicken or she was a chicken, the eagle finally realized who it was. And once that eagle flew like its potential gave it, that's what happens in my class when people leave my training, they're soaring. It's like the theme song for the officer to gentleman. Gonna lift us up where we belong, where the eagles fly to the mountain high. I know my producer's gonna make a note after the show. I loved your show, but note to self, never sing on the radio ever again. I know, Spencer, I know, I know, I know. You wanna keep the listeners, I get it, I get it. But right, when people leave my training, that's what happens. They fly. But you know what happens a lot of time? After they fly high out of my class, they go back to their old environment, their old chicken coop. See, the eagle by nature flies high and independent. He does not follow a flock. An eagle has clear vision, some of the best sight in the world. They're very strong. They choose where they want to go. As skilled hunters, they decide what and when they eat. It's called a bird of prey. Now compare that to what a chicken is. The domesticated chicken, right? Think about it, it's almost a symbol, almost a shadow, if you will, of that which is limited and dependent on others, right? Chickens need someone to take care of them. As a ground dweller that pecks and scratches, they get the leftovers. They get the stuff on the ground. They're quite content just to eat as long as they get food, as long as they have a place to sleep. They're fine, as long as they're taken care of. Sound like a country that used to be great, you know? Sound like some families that used to be great that we know? Sound like a church that God was working on, sort of? 
Now, I'm not saying that chickens lack the ability to understand reason. I don't know much about chickens. But the analogy really talks about good enough. It's an attitude of being comfortable. Think about this. Attributes such as intelligence, uh, emotional intelligence, uh, talent, uh, all your trauma and drama that you've been through that allowed you to become who you are today. Charismatic personality. See, those things, talent and sense of being emotional, is not what keeps a person trapped in the bondage of a survival mentality. Remember, there are three places we can live. We can live in survival, we can live in success, or we can live in significance. It's a step up. Every living, breathing creature needs to survive. That's why we have stray cats all over. They were created out of wedlock, right? <laughs> out of home lock, right? And they're walking around. Why are they sneaking our yard? Why are they digging our trash? Because every creature needs to survive. They need food. They need shelter. They need safety. That's why I feed about 10 cats in my neighborhood. Because every creature needs food. They need shelter. They need safety. See, you got to know who you are. Because when you know who you are, then you got to stop acting like a chicken. When you know who you are, that you were meant to fly. When you know who you are, that you're a child of God. When you realize that you are powerful beyond measure, it is your light, not your darkness that most frightens you. And you ask yourself, who are you to be gorgeous, talented, fabulous, intelligent? Who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You were made with potential. Your playing small doesn't serve this world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that's within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in each and every one of us. And as we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. We are called to be a role model. But here's the problem, we've been lied to. We've been told we're not enough. Barriers like low self-esteem, lack of self-confidence, wanting to be liked, critical, Empowering versus, you know, uh, leading. You know, ladies and gentlemen, there's so much missing in our life, but it starts with our belief systems. This is why I do what I do. This is why we need your help. The battle's in the mind. There's a pandemic of depression, of helpless and hopeless. See, that's what helpless and hopeless says this. My life sucks today. It's just my lot in life. It's just the way there is. It is. There's no other. See, that's what hopeless means. And it always requires a rear focus. Hopelessness doesn't see a bright future. Hopelessness doesn't look forward to tomorrow because tomorrow's just going to bring the same pain as today. But hope. As a leader, we are to be hope peddlers. Hope. Hope gets our eyes off the ground. It has them look up and look forward. Hope says that today might be a struggle, but tomorrow can be better. And so I have a, 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 a program that I get people in and I said, just trust. And then I pose a question, what do you want so bad? 
What do you want so bad that you're willing to be uncomfortable for two days? What do you want so bad that you're willing to risk looking like a fool? What do you want so bad that you're willing to not no longer worry about what anybody else thinks about you? And for the next 48 hours, be selfish. But not in the American selfish way. What I mean by selfish in my training is I mean give everything you can to this process so you can get everything you can get out of it. And that's what you have life for. If you read the Bible, God promised the Israelites, the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel is the only nation constructed in the Bible. When you wonder whose land uh, Israel is, whose land, it's Israel's. Do you realize the number one city mentioned in the Bible? Anybody know what it is? It's Jerusalem. Now go to the Quran, which I study the Quran. You know how many times the city of Jerusalem is mentioned in the Quran? Zero. Zero. And I think the Quran was written 500 years after the Bible. Zero. If you go to the Bible in the book of Genesis, God creates the country of Israel. It's the only country ever created in the Bible. See, this is where logic comes in. This is where you gotta learn to think for yourself and quit being told what to think. And so in my training, I create an environment and I teach principles in that training that they can take a class, but what people don't get is I'm living the principles. It is those principles that guide it. It is because they're gonna apply the principles I'm teaching them that they're gonna be successful in that class. And as they're successful in that class, the process of being successful in the training now equips them with the tools and the toolbox they need to go out and keep it going. But what people underestimate is the power of the environment. In my training, I create an environment, I create a culture of never accepting good enough. I create a culture of we're gonna do whatever it takes to get to where we're going. I create a sense of urgency, the time is now, planes crash and people die. We, we establish that we will not accept good enough. We have a high standard, we will not lower it. And if you fall short of that standard, you will pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and hit it again and again and again. Like Proverbs twenty four sixteen says, a righteous man will stumble seven times but get back up. That's called long suffering. Those are the trait of God. God is known as long suffering, patient. But in order to do that, you've got to step into your life. You've got to understand how things work. There are three steps to become your dreams. Want it, create it, live it. And when was the last time you wanted something other than a government check, some reparations, someone to feel sorry for you, a handout? What do you want so bad? Where's that, where's that desire? Where's that creative discontent? What do you want to work for? People don't want to work anymore. They just want stuff handed to them. They don't want to pay the price. They just want the price to be paid. Once you know what you want, you got some desire, you got some creative discontent, then you create it. You begin with the end in mind. In other words, what are you going to? What's that place look like? What's that place sound like? What's that place feel like? What's that change look like, sound like, feel like? Those are the descriptors of things we call real. You gotta begin with the end of mind. How's this thing gonna end when you want it, when it ends successfully? If you don't know where you're going, then how are you gonna get there, in other words? And then once you know what it looks like, sounds like, feel like, you come back to the now moment, and then you live it. Power equals action. 
Action equals power. See, requisite variety. You are the director of your life. You are the master of your ship. You are the captain of your helm. And you gotta realize that you're going to a destination. Now, all, at some point, we're all gonna go six feet under. It's appointed for man to die one time, then comes a judgment. But until you take that last breath, what are you working towards? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? And this is where requisite variety comes in. We're going to talk about this after the break. Requisite variety says an element in a system with the most flexibility has the most power and the most control. And you need to know who you are and why you're here and who you are and what to do in order to have that Semper Gumby. Semper Gumby. You got to be flexible like the Gumby Meister. After the break, we'll talk about what is the environment to live your life like it matters. We'll be right back. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, I was I was raised in a church. Uh and I uh, kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life. And this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith. And that's a huge, huge part of my life that's just been missing. And I just, I, I feel rejuvenated if that makes sense that, you know, knowing that God's walking right next to me every day, every night, you know, he's right here for me and everyone else for that matter. But he's here for, for me right yeah. now. And you have some peace, don't you? Oh, it's 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 really amazing. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. That's okay. But it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like it matters' unique approach allows people to see, hear, and experience leadership in motion. Like it matters radio. Radio like it matters. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. And today, I'm having you question yourself. Do you want more? Do you deserve more? Have you ever said that this is just my lot in life? Have you ever been mad at God for your lot? And again, God, there's so many examples in the Bible. God told the Israelites, man, whatever, wherever you put the sole of your feet, I will give you that land. And do you know that the Israelites took a small chunk of the land that God had for them? And I want you to realize that we all do this. God has a permissive will and a preferred will. And God prefers that none shall perish, but we know that some choose to perish because when Jesus walked this planet, he himself said that your father is the devil. He's a liar. And we live in a time where most people are embracing daddy the liar. We're okay with a lie as long as it makes us feel good. We call it itching ears. People just say things that make us feel good. We take uh, the 1% that's not normal and we beat people over the head with it and say, you will accept this as normal. And so then we push it in people's face and then we beat up people who don't like things pushed in their face and they're the problems. See, in my training at likeitmatters.net, we help people change their lives. I create an environment. And this is why it's so important. People are struggling. Depression, suicide. People are walking out of marriages. People are walking away from kids. Little kids are struggling with things on the internet, whether it be social media, pornography. Man, we got to step up. Neurosocial conditioning says there's basically two driving forces in life. We're either moving towards something or moving away from something. See, we're all leaders to a degree. People are always watching us. 
And you know what they're watching us for? They're deciding, do I want to be more like that person or do I never want to be like that person or around that person? See, neurosociative conditioning says we're either moving towards something we want or we're moving away from something we don't want. We're either moving towards pleasure or we're moving away from pain. And pain is a great motivator, but because we self-medicate, because we smoke and dope and pop and drink and do all the stuff that we do, so we don't have to feel the pain. And yet pain is a great motivator. We move away from things that hurt. And if you get rid of the numbness, if you make it numb and no longer pain, you never move away from those things that are killing you. And so it's all about the environment, stupid. Remember when Bill Clinton was running for election or re-election? All the bad stuff he had done. And his campaign manager said, listen, focus on the economy. And the way he would do it to keep Bill Clinton focused on the economy, he'd have a little say, say, it's the economy, stupid. It's the economy, stupid. As a gut check, as a free focusing technique. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's the environment, stupid. It's the environment, stupid. The study of epigenetics, uh, Carolyn Leaf, uh, Bruce Lipton, says, quote, we are technically a community of 300 trillion cells, all driven by our environment. And people go through my training and it changed their lives. They experience something they've never experienced before. They experience a high in life. They accomplish things. They believe things about themselves never possible. And then they go back home and they're surprised when it's, it's not there a week later, or two weeks later. Why? I just told you it's the environment, stupid. It's the environment. See, in my environment, I told you before, we realize that there are three steps to becoming your dreams. Want it, create it, live it. I teach this and we live it. See, everything we teach in class, we live it. In order to accomplish the class successfully, you've got to do these things in the class successfully. By the time they get to the end of the class, they're no longer resisting me. They're willfully doing what I'm telling them to do. And so now they bought into the environment. They bought into the culture. And so now it's changing them. It's kind of like this, if you went to an old farm with an old well on it, it hadn't been used in years, but there's a well, there's still water in it. And you go to start pumping the well, but it's been dry for a long time. There's been no water in the pipes. And so you gotta work really hard. You gotta pump it for maybe an hour or two or three hours. But after a while, delicious, sparkling, fresh water comes out. Oh, it tastes so good. And you go into the ranch house, you come back an hour later, you fill up some buckets of water, it's right there. Next morning, you come out with some fresh water, it's right there. But if you were to leave the farm, leave the farm and come back six months later, come back a year later with no one on that farm, and you went to that well, you would have to start all over again and start priming the pump all over again and doing all that hard work that you had to do before the water came out. See, that's the first half of my training. All that hard work and not a lot of water is coming out. The second half of the training, now the work pays off. They buy into the culture and they realize you got to want it, create it, live it. They realize the power of requisite variety. Requisite variety is the leader's chief weapon. Requisite variety says that when you have a system the element in the system with the most flexibility, right? With the most flexibility has the most power and the most freedom. 
Don't you get it? Semper Fi, right? Good Marines out there, Semper Fi. You know what Semper Fi means? Always faithful, always loyal, always fidelis, fidelity. That's what it means. Well, as a leader, we got to be Semper Gumby. Semper Gumby. Gumby's flexible. Gumby's pliable. You can stretch Gumby, but you still know he's Gumby. He's still going to act like Gumby. He's still going to be Gumby, but you can stretch Gumby. You can pull on Gumby. You can change his form and shape, but guess what? It's still Gumby. In the element in a system with the most flexibility, Semper Gumby has the most power and the most freedom. We talk about there are three zones. There's the comfort zone. There's the fear zone and the panic zone. And that's what life is. Remember the second greatest commandment in the Bible is do not fear. He told us about once a day, 365 roughly times. But that's not the greatest commandment. The greatest commandment is to remember. To remember what? Remember, do not fear. Remember, you are more than a conqueror. Remember, you are a prince or a princess. Remember, you have unwarranted favor. So you can't be a victim. You can't claim the status of Black Lives Matter victimhood. You can't claim that life ain't no fair because life ain't no fair. Read the good book. The good book tells you two things. Life ain't no fair. Look what we did to Jesus. Look what we did to God himself. I wasn't born 6'2 in a Kennedy. Life ain't no fair and life is hard. Matter of fact, God tells you there's two paths, two doorways, two patterns. One is wide, everybody's on it, having a lot of fun. You're doing just what everybody else in the world is doing. God says it's crowded and it's going to hell. But God said there's another path, a narrow path, a narrow gate that very few get in. Matter of fact, the translation is one at a time. He says it's hard to find and few find it. And when you do find it, it's kind of lonely. But he uses this descriptor, it's hard. It's hard. So accept it. Quit focusing on it. Life ain't no fair. And life is hard. So put your big boy pants on. So we're, we're living in this lie. This lie is that we got to be comfortable. No. Life is not meant to be comfortable. No. I mean, if you're going to love, you're going to get hurt. Right? And again, love's not a feeling. People talk about falling in love. That's one of the biggest lies from the pit of hell. Love is a choice. Love is a verb. It's not a feeling. You know, the, the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, the agape love section. By the way, you can't do that, 1 Corinthians 13. It's impossible. The Bible says, with God, this is possible. With man, it's impossible. You got to push outside your comfort zone. Things die in the comfort zone. You know where we grow in the zone called fear, which is right outside our comfort zone. It's false evidence appearing real. It's just a chemical response to what you're thinking about, your breathing, and your physiology. The body releases these chemicals, and these chemicals, based on those three things, make you feel. It is fear. Fear's a straw man. Once you realize fear has no power but the fear, power you give it, you can function at a high level in the zone of fear. And then it no longer becomes uncomfortable. It becomes your brand new comfort zone. Outside that zone called fear is panic, intense fear. The key to life is keep pushing your comfort zone. So what used to elicit fear now be brings about familiarity. And what used to elicit panic just now elicits some fear. And once you realize that you can feel the fear and do it anyways, you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and faith go, uh, fear goes away and faith comes in. You got to have focus. You, 
your eyes move in the direction of your feet and your feet move in the direction of your eyes. Keep both focused on him and the right thing. You got to have commitment. That means doing the right thing, whether it's fun, whether anybody else is doing it or not. You got passion. Passion is fuel. You're not going to get in your car without petrol. Don't get in your day to work without passion. Vision is the ability to see in the future, to see how things connect. Team is about we all need other people. We're not, no man is an island or rock unto himself. And purpose is your reason why. Keep listening to Like It Matters Radio. Tell your local radio stations, hey, we need to listen to Like It Matters Radio. Go to likeitmatters.net and donate to our 501c3. We need your help so that we can change this world one person at a time. I am Mr. Black reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters. 